0: Please turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. And at this time, we're going to dismiss our children to children's church. So if you have little kids who are children's church ages, you can go to the back. Now, I forgot the exact ages, but uh, Frank Drew, you aged out a couple years ago. So uh, you just sit right where you are. Hey, we are, uh, a couple of things David mentioned that I want to uh, reiterate for all of you. Next Sunday, Easter Sunday. Amen. That'll be a good week. We are going to be worshiping outside, under the tents, on the lawn. So, uh, a couple of things. We're going to have a, a living flower cross. So, please bring flowers. You can get them at Publix or, you know, from your garden Cut flowers, we'll put them in the cross. It looks really cool, so bring flowers. We will. We hope you will too. And uh, you might want to arrive early because the tent is only so big, and I am praying some big time prayers that we're going to fill that entire tent and then have a lot of run over on the edges. So you may want to come a few minutes early, put your flower in there, and uh, get a seat under the tent. If it is raining or hurricaning or hailing or locusting or something, uh, then we'll come in here and just have regular worship in here if the weather uh, prohibits us from being outside. But that's Easter Sunday. We hope that you will come. Uh, One thing uh, that David mentioned, again, with the Sunday school class on the marriage and everything else, uh, you can come to that class— if you are married, of course. You can come if you're single and you're thinking about getting married someday. You can also come if you are engaged. Now, do we have anyone in this church who is newly qualified as an engaged couple? And if so, would you come up here so that I can pray for you? Hey, there we go. It's just like being an attorney. You only ask questions that you already know the answer to. (laughs) Now, would you tell us your name? Would you tell us uh, when you got engaged, how you got engaged? And uh, do I have a microphone for them? Jack, bring the microphone up. We'll start with you, Jalen. You're on, you're on. See, it's, it's good practice. Uh, you're already getting the dates wrong.
1: Uh, February 26th. You're on your way. February 26th was our one-year anniversary. Hey, good, good, good. So it was a year and a month uh, we'd been together uh, before when we got engaged. So. so did you go down on one knee, like kind of the old-school way? I did. Uh, it was a little awkward because I was on my butt prior, so it was more like I got up on one knee okay uh, good okay that's good so um and i had uh reba and heather take pictures during that engagement so they were hiding out behind some bushes um, <laughs> yes
0: you always have to look out for reba and heather in the bushes <laughs> i found that it, that's some wise pastoral counsel if you are a member of this church you never know they just might pop out
2: I thought I saw, like, this old, like, older person, like, walk behind us, and then I just heard clicking, and I was like, is this old person, like, not that I don't like old people. I didn't mean that. I just, I'm like, who's this random person taking our pictures is, like, what my thoughts were while he was, like, proposing, and I was, like, trying to focus, and then I turn around, (laughs) and it's Reven Heather, so it was good news to me, so.
0: Now, Kendall, did you say yes right away? Did you kind of (laughs) pause for dramatic effect?
2: I don't know. Um, <laughs> I was like, did I say yes right away? Because I was, I was trying to focus. On, like I said, I thought I was feeling distracted. Um, <laughs> but I did say yes at some point. Can't tell you. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> Can't tell you how fast, but I meant it. I was like, I really didn't mean that. I was just, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. Now, now, who was crying more, you or Jalen. Okay, okay, good. All right, that's good. You. It would be acceptable for you to cry, too. It's a very joyful, emotional moment there.
1: I, it was just more like an anxious. Because um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting there to be a little bit of a crowd there, but I... <laughs> hey, but listen, it worked. She said yes,
0: and we are so very, very excited for you. And uh, yes, let's give them a round of applause. And... Uh, can I pray for you? Thank you for letting me call you up and embarrass you. I, I, I did not tell them I was going to do that, but I was just so excited. So let me pray for you. Oh, Lord God, we thank you for the gift that is marriage. We thank you for bringing uh, Jalen and Kendall together, Lord God. Uh, we thank you for their faith. We thank you that they are seeking from this early stage of their engagement to walk with you and learn from you. Lord, we pray that you would make them into servants. We pray, Lord, that they would seek ways to bless one another through love and service. Lord, would you give them happiness, give them joy and fulfillment, give them many, many years, decades of their life together. Oh, Lord, even now, by your Spirit, knit them together as husband and wife so that when they come together on their wedding day to profess their covenant commitments before you, Lord God, and before all of us, their friends and family, that you will already be doing a work in them and that you will be confirming that work through the promises that they make. Lord, we thank you that you have made promises to us in Christ, that we are the bride of Christ, your people, and that you love us with undying, never-ending, always and forever love. Bless them, Lord God. Bless us as a church. And may we walk together into glory even as your kingdom comes on earth as it is in heaven. Bless them, Lord God, and thank you for their love. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I think you guys can seat, sit down. We love you. You. Yeah. you. Go, Jack. Well, let's read our scriptures together. We are working our way through a series on prayer, and we come to t- today to the third part of the greatest prayer ever prayed, the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6, We'll start reading at verse 9. These are the words of the Lord. Jesus said, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then he concludes, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. These are the words of the Lord. Let's go to God in prayer. O Lord our God, We thank you for this beautiful prayer, this Lord's prayer, which you have taught us, your disciples, to pray. I pray, Lord, that you would help us make this prayer our own, that when we pray these exact words together, we would not simply be going through the motions, praying like the hypocrites do to be seen and heard by others, but we pray, Lord, that you would make this the truest and sincerest desire of our heart. Lord, teach us to pray. We ask, Lord, that you would speak, for we, your servants, listen. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Clara is one of the youngest members of our church. She's just three years old. She's cute with curly blonde hair, and most of the year she lives with her family in Illinois with her mom and dad. Her dad is attending law school at the University of Illinois, and her mom just had a baby. A little baby boy named Theodore, Theo for short. Congratulations to Sarah and James. Every night, little Clara prays the same prayer to her Heavenly Father. She says, God Please take care of the baby in mommy's tummy. God has answered that prayer. Help daddy get to school and help me to get to gymnastics. Amen. Sometimes she prays for her Aunt Rachel who is in medical school. And sometimes she prays for her papa who according to Clara needs help at work. I think all of us can relate. We all need a little bit of help at work sometimes. Paul Miller, in his book, A Praying Life, writes this. How do we learn to talk with our Heavenly Father? Jesus tells us to watch little children if we want to learn how to pray. So how do we pray like that? How do we learn to pray like children? How do we learn to pray like little Clara prays? How do we unlearn all the adult ways of praying that make our prayers rote and infrequent and ultimately ineffective? Two weeks ago, we were reminded that God is our Father and that we are God's children because of Jesus. Adopted into the family of God through our faith in Him. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. Because Jesus died on the cross For our sins and rose again from the dead in in victory over sin and death and hell forever, we can pray our Father in heaven. Because of Jesus, we know our Father loves us. Because of Jesus, we know that God has forgiven our sins. Because of Jesus, we know that our Heavenly Father hears our prayers. Now, last week we said that kingdom prayer begins when God's children look up. When we look up in prayer, we see the glory of God. We see a God who is holy, and we pray, Hallowed be thy name. We see a God who is mighty, and we pray, Thy kingdom come. We see a God who is wise, And we pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But that's only the first half of the Lord's prayer. As we look up to God in prayer, we see the face of God looking down on us, his children. We see a God who gives us this day and every day our daily bread. We see a God who forgives us our debts even as we forgive our debtors. We see a God who does not lead us into temptation, but instead delivers us from the evil one. As we come to God as his helpless children, God meets every need. All we have to do is ask, like little Clara asks, like children. So where do we begin? If you're taking notes this morning, here's our outline. As we learn to, to pray like children, Jesus is going to teach us to ask our Heavenly Father three things. Three things that all of us, as God's children, desperately need. We need our Father to give us this day our daily bread. That's our very first request. We need our Father To forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's the second request. And finally, we need our Father to lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That's the third request. Last week, in the first three petitions or requests of the prayers, we saw the glory of God. And now, this week... In the second three petitions, the second three requests, we see God's boundless generosity. How does God meet our needs? Is there a difference between our needs and our wants? How do we learn to discern the difference between those two things? How do we make these three very broad general requests personal? How do we make these requests our own, even as Jesus has made us his own? Let's take a closer look. We begin with the very first request, which is give us this day our daily bread. How many of you worry about the future? How many of you have concerns about What will happen tomorrow, or next week, or three years from now, or even three decades from now? How many of you wonder, will I be able to retire someday? How many of you ever wonder, will I be able to pay for college? Will I be able to pay for grad school, law school, medical school, dental school? Will I ever pay off the student loans I have right now? Will I ever pay off my mortgage? What if I can't pay my medical bills? What if I don't have a car the day that I turn 16? Will God meet our needs? I worry about things like that all the time. I think many of us do too. Many of us worry about having tomorrow's bread today. Many of us wonder, will God really take care of me? Well, what does Jesus say? He says, bring your worries to God in prayer. Don't just worry about tomorrow's bread today. Ask God to provide tomorrow's bread today. He's your Father. He loves you. He loves giving good gifts To his children. So stop worrying and start asking. Now, a couple more observations about this request because it's really a lot packed into a few short words. The first observation is Jesus is teaching us that we need God to meet our needs. In a world where many of us are tempted to believe that we meet our own needs through our own hard work, our own initiative, our own smarts, our own intelligence, God is teaching us to rely completely and totally on him. Now, it's a very appropriate prayer for us as God's children to pray because children are profoundly aware that they need their parents to meet their needs. If it's on the plate, if it's in the refrigerator, if it's in your lunchbox, it's because mom and dad or grandma or grandpa or some other adult put it there. Our parents provide us clothing and shelter. Our parents take us to the doctor. Our parents take us to the dentist. Need a ride to school? Need a new bike? Need a new phone? Ask mom and dad. Or better yet, ask grandma and grandpa. Oromi and Papa, they love to give good gifts to their grandchildren. As adult children of our Heavenly Father, we tend to forget that. We grow up beyond a sense of dependence on the Almighty God. We forget that everything that we have is a gift from the Almighty God. He gives us each day our daily bread. Yes, we work. Yes, we save. Yes, we invest. Normally, God does not drop bread out of heaven. That did happen one time. You remember the story of of the manna? But now, usually, if God seems to be dropping bread out of heaven, it's probably because the pizza man came to the wrong house. Somebody else ordered that pizza. It didn't come directly from the hand of God. God uses means. And yet, every time we pray this prayer, we are echoing the voice of Jesus' earthly brother, James, who wrote this in James 1. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. When you remember that, when you believe that God will always take care of you, that he has always taken care of you and will take care of you into the future, you can breathe. You can relax. You can exhale. You can be more generous with the gifts that God has already given you, knowing that God's resources are not finite resources. God will meet our needs each and every day. We don't have to live in a state of fear That if we give generously to others in need, then we will not have our own needs met by the Almighty God. We know that he will. He gives us each day our daily bread. He is gracious and kind and generous and good. Now the second thing that Jesus is teaching us here is that we can and should pray about anything. Anything and everything. When it comes time to prayer, uh, there's no such thing that is a request that is too big. And there's no such thing as a request that's too small. We can ask God to move mountains. We can ask God to save people who are not yet saved. We can ask God to help us find our keys. We can ask God to put Simple food on the table for us every single day. Just this week, inspired by some of the things that I have been learning about prayer in this series, I prayed and asked God to help me find my passport. As many of you know, we are, uh, several of us are going to Uganda this summer, and one of the very first things on the checklist is get your passport ready. Now, I know I have a passport I know it existed somewhere, but I spent weeks and weeks unable to find it. And so I finally decided that I would uh, take my own advice and that I would go to God in prayer. Now, when I say I looked everywhere, I'm telling you I looked everywhere. I looked under the bed. I looked in the closet. I looked in the ketchup drawer. Y'all have a ketchup drawer where you put the old ketchups from Chick-fil-A? I looked in that drawer For this passport. And nothing. I prayed. Ten minutes after saying amen. God showed me where that passport was. I looked in a place that it should not have been. It made absolutely no sense that it would be there. And yet, there it was. Because God answers prayers. Yeah, he'll answer prayers about wars and governments and big complex problems like like racism and poverty and injustice but he also answers prayers about our daily bread god does like does things like that all the time just ask him ask him to help him help you find your passport ask him to help you get an a on that math test ask him to help you put food on the table every day. He will. In James chapter 4, James writes this. He says, you have not because you ask not. The old hymn writer put it this way. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything. Everything to God in prayer when we ask god to give us this day our daily bread we are acknowledging our total complete dependence upon god and celebrating his willingness to meet each and every one of our needs now here's the second request forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors here's a question are you a debtor now, when I say that, I'm not talking about, again, student loans or home mortgages or credit cards. Are you a debtor to God? In what, and if so, in what sense are you a debtor to God? Is there anything that you owe God that you have not paid? Is there anything that you owe God that you cannot repay? Now, here's what Jesus is saying. He's reminding us that everybody sins. Children, parents, uh, adults of every kind, uh, Christians of, of every stripe and denomination, pastors of every stripe and denomination, we all sin, everybody. We all sin against God. We all sin against one another. There is absolutely no escaping sin. Now, when we sin, the Bible teaches us that our sin makes us debtors to God. God has given us everything we are all without exception created in the image of God God takes care of us each and every day those are not unique gifts given to Christians they're given to every single person every single human being that you meet is an image bearer of God every sing- single person that you meet is sustained by God every day of their life Lives. God makes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust alike. He sustains us. In response to this, we owe God perfect obedience. Joyful, heartfelt, consistent obedience. We owe him respect. We owe him gratitude. We owe him loyalty. We owe him love. And yet, we have failed to pay the debt That we owe. Our debt needs to be paid in order to restore a right relationship with God, but we can't pay it. To give you an idea of the scope of this, just by means of analogy, imagine if somehow you were starting up a a new tech company and you went to Elon Musk and you said, Elon Musk, I need a billion dollars to start this tech company. He said, sounds good, here you go. You completely blow all the money, you spend it all, and a year later, you have nothing, and Elon Musk says, okay, I'd like to settle up that debt, that, you, that borrow, money you borrowed, that billion dollars. It would be impossible. You could never pay that. If you lived a thousand lifetimes, you could never pay what you owe. That's the state of our indebtedness to God. If we lived a thousand lifetimes... We can never love God the way He has loved us. We can never give God as much as God has given us. It's too much. When we pray like children, we acknowledge that we can never pay our debt to God, even if we stop sinning today and never sinned again. There's no way to pay what we owe. And so we pray this prayer acknowledging that we need God to forgive our debts. We need God to pay what we owe. We need God to do the work that will reestablish our broken relationship with God. That's why we ask God to forgive us. We ask in the name of Jesus who paid our spiritual debts on the cross. When Jesus died, he paid our spiritual debt in full, We have now been reconciled to God through Him. But that's just the beginning. When we pray this prayer, not only does God forgive us our debts, He also enables us to forgive our debtors. He enables us to forgive people who have sinned against us. He sets us free from the soul-crushing burden of retribution and revenge. He frees us from our tendency to replay the sins that others have sinned against us over and over again in our minds. Does anyone else do that? We think about sins that have been committed against us 10, 20 years ago, and we replay that movie in our minds, allowing that person to sin against us over and over again. Jesus says, you are free. You are free to forgive that person. You are free to let go. He sets us free from bitterness. He sets us free from a victim mentality that keeps us from becoming all that God would have us be. He sets us free from cynicism and despair. He helps us love and trust people again. In the Gospels, Jesus tells a story about a man who borrowed millions of dollars from the king. Eventually, the king called his note, and the man could not pay what he owed. The man went to the king with hat in hand, on his knees, begging the king to forgive him, and against all odds, the king forgave the man his debts. What happened? How did this forgiven man, who had been forgiven millions of dollars, respond to the king's grace? Well, to the shock and the horror of the king and all involved, the forgiven man turned around and refused to forgive someone who owed him thousands of dollars. Not millions, thousands. And the point that Jesus is making in that story is, you are the man who has been uh, forgiven millions of dollars. And yet so often, our hearts are are unmoved by the grace of God, so unmoved that we turn around and refuse to forgive the debts of others who owe us far less of a debt than the debt that we have owed to God, which He has freely forgiven us through Jesus. Do you understand how much God has forgiven you? Do you ever think about how much God has forgiven you? God hasn't just canceled your student loans. God hasn't just paid off your mortgage. God hasn't just let you out early on your cell phone contract. He has forgiven your sins. All the sins you've committed in the past, all the sins that you will commit this week and in future years, they have all been wiped away through Jesus who died on the cross in our place. And there is, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ. There is, therefore, no condemnation for those who will simply receive the gift of God's grace, which is freely offered to all who will receive it. But not only that, not only is Jesus completely uh, forgiven our debts, not only are we spiritually debt-free, God has given us all of the righteousness of Jesus. All of the treasures of heaven, all of the love, all the acceptance, all of the mercy, all of the joy of heaven is given to us through Jesus. So you can say, not only am I debt-free, I am a millionaire in Christ. I have the riches of eternity in Christ. Have you received that gift? Have you received the gift of forgiveness? Have you received the gift of the righteousness of Jesus Christ? And if so, have you turned around and offered that same forgiveness to other people? You should. Forgiveness sets us free. Forgiveness sets us free. Here's the third request. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Children, as we all know, need protection. Children need protectors. They need people who are bigger than them to fight their battles, the battles that they can't fight for themselves. They need to be protected on one level from themselves. Children will often do things like jumping off the roof and into the pool or uh, shooting bottle rockets at each other or doing other things like this but they also need protection from people who would Now again, that's a little bit strange to talk about, probably even in church, because our world really laughs at the idea of Satan. You know, we envision this, you know, man with a red suit and a pitchfork and little cloven hooves, sometimes sitting on our shoulder. Jesus is not laughing. Jesus says, this is deadly serious. So serious that he addresses the topic of Satan and the person of Satan In the Lord's Prayer, which is the paradigm prayer that all of us should be praying as we seek to make this prayer our own. Satan is dangerous because he comes disguised as an angel of light. His demons disguise themselves, the scripture says, as servants of righteousness. The devil promises to make us happy. Doesn't God want us to be happy? Isn't that a little bit true? He promises to give us all the kingdoms of the world. Isn't that a little bit true? Won't we eventually inherit all the kingdoms of the world? Don't we pray, your kingdom come? He whispers in our ears, did God really say, because he wants us to doubt God's love for us he wants us to doubt God's care for us he wants us to be suspicious and cynical about God's love he wants to teach us that God is cold and uncaring and legalistic it's not true it wasn't true in the garden of Eden and it is not true now don't believe the devil's lies Don't allow him to whisper untruths in your ears. God is not a cold legalist. God does want to bless us. He does love us. Now, maybe he doesn't want to bless us with a private jet. Maybe he doesn't want to bless us with a billion dollars. Maybe, just maybe, that those blessings would not actually be blessings, Oftentimes we find out that the things that we think will be a blessing to us are not, in fact, blessings. They actually harm us, even though we think that they'll bless us. And yet God is faithful. He answers our prayers. He protects us by stopping us from believing the lies that Satan is selling. As God's children, we have a Heavenly Father who protects us. We have a Holy Spirit who is our advocate. We have the Son of God, Jesus, who was tempted in every way that we are, and yet without sin. God will protect us. He will. All we have to do is ask. When we pray the second half of the Lord's Prayer, we acknowledge that we are weak and that God is strong. We acknowledge that we are nothing and have nothing and yet God has given us everything. We acknowledge that we are sinners and that God is gracious and that God's grace is greater than our sin. When we pray this prayer, when we pray like children, we can be sure of this. God will supply every need of ours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Are you praying this prayer? Are you trusting the God who teaches us how to pray? Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come to you as your children through Jesus boldly asking us to hear our prayers i pray lord god that you would indeed give us each day our daily bread that you would take care of us each and every every day i pray lord that we would not be too proud to ask for the little things but that we would be bold and trusting as we ask you to provide for us thank you lord for forgiving our sins through jesus And thank you for protecting us by the power of your spirit each and every day, surrounding us with your hedge of protection, your love, your care. Lord, you are our shield and defender, the ancient of days. And we ask that you would hear our prayers because of Jesus. For we pray in his name. Amen.